Good morning and welcome back to Margin. This morning I want to talk to you about the three reasons why your credit card is not an emergency fund. So let's jump right into it. Welcome to the Millennial Margin Podcast. I created this personal finance resource out of necessity as I've watched countless people schedule away, mortgage up, and max out their lives. Margin is simply the antithesis, providing leeway in an increasingly marginless culture. If you want to build margin into your personal finances on a daily basis, this is the podcast for you. So it's so easy for us to use our credit card available balance as a rainy day fund. And I'm encouraging you today to look at it differently, to look at it from a standpoint of the risks that come with not having an emergency fund and using your credit card to take the place of an emergency fund. So in a recent publication by uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, they found that January of 2020, we hit a uh, savings rate of 7.6%. Fast forward a year from then uh, to to this point in time, we're sitting at 12.9%. So we've had about a 5% change uh, year over year in regards to savings rates. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing to see if the savings rates go up. The concerning part is the fact that uh, April of 2020, we hit a high of 33.7%. And uh, and that high has basically dwindled down over that period of time thereafter. As we hit this new stride of, of trying to figure out what the new norm was and was going to be. Uh, and, and like I mentioned in a previous episode, I wasn't surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see our savings rate dwindle down and, and level back out because of the fact that, uh, Americans spending habits haven't really changed. So this leveling out of savings could be caused by a number of factors. It could be, uh, people tapping into their savings in order to cover, uh, costs associated to, um, you know, a job loss or uh, a furlough. It could be people actually paying down their debt using savings. Uh, it could also be the fact that uh, people have greater, um, you know, consumer confidence and therefore uh, they're willing to have lower savings and uh, because they, they see uh, hope in uh, going into a new year and, and a new season. So there could be a number of different reasons why these savings rates have um, depleted to some degree, but it's important to look at it nonetheless, because oftentimes when people don't have that savings in place, they look at different avenues. So being that Americans are typically not good savers overall, we will look at different avenues, whether a personal loan, a credit card, a line of credit, or some other means uh, in order to bridge the gap in an emergency. Now, The only issue with this is the fact that certain products like credit cards have limitations on what you can use for them. And that is what I wanted to jump right into today is the limitations of your credit card that may exist preventing you from using it as an emergency fund. So the first reason comes down to the limited use. And many may not realize this, but Typically, you can't use your credit card to pay other debt. So you can't typically use it to pay student loans, to pay your rent, to pay your mortgage, or to pay uh, maybe your car loan, your auto loan. And, uh, and it also can't be used for certain recreational drugs or recreational activities uh, for entertainment. And so with that, 
Oftentimes people think that they they have this emergency fund sitting there that's their credit line or is their available balance. But that credit line or that available balance may not be available to the things that you may need to apply it to the most when it comes to uh, an emergency like a, uh, a layoff or a furlough. And so this is a big concern, especially in light of the fact that uh, the top items on that list have to do with housing and transportation. And housing and transportation are obviously very important in the day-to-day lives of us as Americans. So that being said, that is the first aspect that I would watch for uh, from a standpoint of using your credit card or thinking of your credit card or a different unsecured uh, line of credit as your emergency fund. Some people may be saying that, oh, I have a cashback offer or opportunity with my credit card. And I could just take that cash out at whatever percentage it is and pay my rent that way or pay my car loan that way. And that may be the case, but you just want to be mindful of not setting yourself up to fail because you have not built a plan because you've not figured out what you needed to have in place so that if an emergency occurs, you have the proper options, you have the proper resources uh, to tap into. So the second reason why I wouldn't use your credit card as a means of an emergency fund is the fact that interest from a credit card is exorbitant. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, the average today of a brand new credit card is 18% and an established credit card is about 15%. And it's on an APR, so it's it's compounding. And, and based on it compounding, it can compound, it will compound in um, in a direction that's not in your favor if you leave a balance, if you leave a, uh, a rolling balance on that credit card, as many Americans do. So as an example, if I bought a brand new MacBook, I went down to the Apple store, picked up a MacBook, but I didn't have the cash to pay for it. So I put it on my card and putting it on my card, that allowed me to pay it at a later date. Now with that though, if I am paying an 18% uh, you know, APR rate and I leave that MacBook on my credit card for the next 12 months, I will pay over $233 in interest alone just on that purchase. And and why this is important is the fact that when you have an emergency, not saying a MacBook is an emergency, but when you do have an emergency and you put it on credit, you're not only then needing to pay that monthly payment uh, for the minimums for your credit card, but you also have the compound interest working against you instead of for you. So in an article by Experian, it stated that credit card revolving balances had decreased, decreased, that's a good thing, uh, from 2019 to 2020 by $73 billion. That is great news. It's great news to see that we are finally trending down. Now we'll see how long this lasts for. We'll see if um, if the economic impact of uh, of the events that we've seen unfold actually cause those uh, balances to increase again. But for the time being, it's great to see those balances finally um, let off the gas a bit. So as I mentioned in a previous episode, we have a tendency of spending more when we're spending on credit. When we're utilizing our credit card versus cash, we have a tendency to spend more. And although we've reduced our um, overall 
aggregate amount of credit card debt by $73 billion. The other aspect that we need to consider is the fact that people, consumers, still have a little over $5,300 in outstanding credit card debt. What this equates to is almost $1,000 a year in interest alone that people are paying on purchases like that MacBook that they needed to have or uh, or some other purchase that's just sitting on there. And, and oftentimes we can justify a purchase because it's on sale, because it uh, is something we need to have right now, but we don't actually extrapolate it out. We don't look at what that item will cost us by the time that we actually uh, have the opportunity to pay it off. Now, there's a bunch of calculators online to look at that will help you calculate the lifetime cost of an item if you, um, you know, if you keep it on your credit card for a certain period of time. And although it's kind of fun to play with, it is daunting to look at from a standpoint of how many people are, are operating with revolving balances on an ongoing basis. And that's what I want to talk about is the fact that we can so easily swipe the card not thinking about the ramifications down the road. So I mentioned in the last episode to actually pull up your statement, to pull up your credit card statement to see how much you owe, who you owe it to, what your APR is, and if you have an annual fee. And those are some key components just to know right off the top of your mind and and in evaluating uh, whether your card makes sense. And I'll be going into, uh, you know, evaluating those those aspects in a future episode uh, more in depth. So the third reason why your credit card is not an emergency fund comes down to the actual payments. Now, if you have a zero balance on your credit card, you have no payment. It is compounded based on your balance. Now, you may have a minimum payment due no matter whether you have a balance or not, but that's besides the fact. What is important here is the fact that if you are utilizing your credit card to pay for emergencies, your uh, your your minimum payment will increase you know, based on how much you have sitting on that card. And so that's why it's important for you to have an emergency fund, which is oftentimes referred to as three to six months of your living expenses. And it's important to have that in place so that you are um, you are able to tap into that in the event that there is an emergency rather than swiping the card and and stepping into a place where you're increasing your payments in a time when you should be decreasing your payments. So an emergency fund sitting there that covers a certain amount of your living expenses actually compounds very, very slowly, typically, but compounds in your favor. But if you have something sitting on a credit card, you're going to be Uh, allowing for that compound interest to work against you instead of for you. And that's why it's important for this third item to really look into making sure that you don't dig a deeper hole for yourself. If you have an emergency, you're already dealing with the angst of that emergency, whatever it is, but putting that emergency on a credit card or the ramifications of that on a credit card will only cause you to dig a deeper hole that then you have to deal with uh, and process through and and reverse thereafter. So as we've seen credit cards actually decline for the first time since 2014, maybe this is a good sign. Maybe this is a sign of people looking at that compound interest 
typically at a very high interest rate working against them in a relatively low interest bearing environment. And so with that, when you're looking at an increase in mortgages in auto loans, student loans, personal loans, all of those categories, except for credit cards, maybe this is a sign of things to come. Maybe this is a sign of people uh, looking at what aspects of their finances they need to shore up, what aspects they need to be mindful of. So my call to action today really comes down to reviewing your last 90 days of statements for your credit cards, looking at them from a standpoint of what did I put on my card that was an emergency? And if I if I actually charged anything to it that was an emergency, did I have an emergency fund in place that should have covered that expense? And if you do not have an emergency fund in place, and as we've gone through the process of of beginning to look at your plan to spend, you, you need to look at it from a standpoint of how can I build in margin to my finances so that I'm not putting things on credit when I have an emergency versus having cash available, having a resource available to me that uh, that is not compounding against me. If this information is helpful to you, explore the Margin Membership, where me and my team will help you take the information you're learning and apply it to your life and your finances. I've built an interactive course that allows me and my team to come alongside people like you to help you revamp your finances and build margin into your life. Click the link in the description below for more information. If this information is helpful to you, please do follow, visit millenniummargin.com or connect with me on Margin's social platforms.